Hello Rockingham. Thanks to Wizard Lane Bookkeeping and GenMed Bookkeeping Specialists it's time to flame on. Get ready to enter the Hall of Flame. What is up, Flames family? How the bleeding heck are you doing? It's another episode of the Hall of Flame, thanks to Wizard Lane Bookkeeping and Gen Med Bookkeeping Specialists. My name is, was, and forever will be Stuart Horton. And can you believe this? We are now halfway, more than halfway through the West Coast Classic. It was about 12 months ago, nearly to the day as I record this, that the Flames women took out the WSBL crown with that uh, stirring dominant victory over Warwick at Bendat Basketball Centre. And a year on, we're about halfway through a replacement competition thanks to COVID. And I tell you what, 2020, I want to get off. What is going on? It's one thing after another. I had planned in my head to say, at least with everything going on in the world, there's NBA on in the morning. The last few weeks, you could get up if you had nothing better to do like me, flick on the sports channels, ESPN, a couple of NBA games because of the bubble. And now, as I record this today, that's all up in the air. So it's all sort of basketball seems to be coming to a uh, an abrupt halt in one sense. And then in another, uh, a looming halt is on the horizon. But anyway, let's not be negative. For this episode, Taya Burrow stopped by and we had a, a chat about her very, very short career today. Taya a very fresh 18 years old has has the world at her feet really i was going to say one of the brightest prospects in wa basketball but i don't think it's a stretch to say she's one of the best prospects in australian basketball she's already a wsbl champion playing a vital role in helping win that championship she's got a couple of years experience with perth links under her belt she's got college opportunities on the horizon all of which we we talked about and you'll hear in this chat but before we get into it, let's have a word from the sponsor. Does the thought of doing your own books make you weak at the knees? Do you put your books off until the last minute? Have you had a bad experience with your previous bookkeepers? Or do you just want more time to focus on the things that are really important, like your business and your family? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Wizard Lane Bookkeeping can help. Wizard Lane Bookkeeping is focused on taking the burden out of your bookkeeping. Its aim is to provide efficient and quality bookkeeping services using Zero and Zero App Marketplace to deliver a user-friendly, cloud-based, all-inclusive accounting system, whatever business you're in and wherever you may be. Call Wizard Lane Bookkeeping on 0434 981 446. Now on to the podcast. Alrighty, it took us a couple of weeks to sort out a time, but we got there in the end. Taya Burrows is here. Hi, Taya. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Thanks Pretty for good. having me. No, no, thanks for making the time to come and have a chat. Um, how's your world? I mean, in the past couple of podcasts, we, we've talked about how weird a timeline it is to be alive. <laughs> I guess you've got a little bit of a different perspective on that, given that you're, you know, probably a decade younger than <laughs> everyone else we've spoken to. So, I mean, how's COVID and everything affected your life? Um, yeah, it's been pretty crazy, something I haven't really obviously experienced before, but um, yeah, it, it's just been 
so weird. I've had to adapt trainings, adapt gym, adapt everything, to be honest, to keep keep up with everything. But, I mean, now that it's going back to normal, it's, it's pretty good. So You feel like you, we're getting back to normal? Uh, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we're back playing basketball, so that's the best thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just fingers crossed everything goes smoothly um, and everyone's back to normal doing everything. So it hasn't, yeah. it hasn't affected you too much away from basketball, like in terms of... Are you at school or anything? Uh, no, I finished school. I actually only just started um, studying the last few weeks at Curtin University, so nothing's really affected me there as such. But, yeah, just yeah, things for basketball, like, you know, going to the gym. Back when we couldn't use the gyms, I had to make my own home gym. Um, and, obviously, using the courts, I had to use the outside courts for a while there. Yeah. Um, but, no, other than that, it's been pretty smooth, to be honest. I did see when I had an Instagram account, deleted it because i never used it but i did see you had a um you had a hoop set up at a, at a truck wash. Oh. <laughs> what, was, what was the go with that um so my dad has a mate um his name's scary we call him scary and he actually owns a truck wash and um we stored our old basketball hoop um at his truck wash in like a back shed thing um because we live in a unit now so we couldn't have it out the front oh. or anything and I was like, you know what? Let's let's get the hoop out at the truck wash. So we got the hoop out, and we actually drew, marked out the three point line, the free throw line, and everything like that. So it was pretty cool. So I was getting shots up, shots up at the um, truck wash um, while trucks are going through. It was yeah, it was different, but it was good. That was down south. <laughs> yeah, down yeah. south in Bunbury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know it came up, and I was like, okay, that's a that's a novel. You got to do what you got to do. So were you you guys were. We were, we were all regionally locked into, so you mm-hmm. guys went back down there, did you? Yeah, so we decided, me and my family um, decided to go back to Bunbury when all this lockdown happened because um, my parents have both got businesses down there, so we just yep. thought you know, it would be easier for all of us to be in one spot together rather than get stuck between the two. But um, we ended up getting a good-to-go pass where we could actually go through the borders, when okay. uh, well, the regional borders, um, to get back to Perth when I needed to for training and stuff. But, yeah, most of the time we were in Bunbury for that, I don't know, six, six to eight weeks or whatever it was. Okay. So, yeah. It's not the worst place in the world to be stuck. I mean, yeah, we have a unit on the water, so it's pretty relaxing. <laughs> farmer's like, market's nice farmer, and handy. Farmer's market. How good's the farmer's oh, market? It's... Yeah, next level. It's, I'm know, there a lot just for the taste testers. Do you know what we actually we do a massive shop down there, like every six weeks. Yeah, we do, yeah shop for everything, and yeah, that's yeah, how much we it's like it. So good. We're not we're not here to talk about the farmers market, but yeah, if, if you are down that way, check it out. The West Coast Classic has mm-hmm. started pretty well for you guys, mm, and for you especially on a personal level. I was told that that was the first time you played Bunbury. Yes. Played the Slammers. It, in a proper game, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, at, at home at Eton. Yeah, it was. How was that coming up against your former team? Yeah, I think it felt a little bit weird, especially playing in Eton. You know, I played all my juniors, all SP, three years of SBL there. It was a little bit weird going back there, and I obviously still all know like a lot of the girls and actually are close to the few of them still. Yeah. So it was a little bit weird, but I think, you know, it's been two years now since... I moved up here and are playing with the Flames now. So, I, yeah, I think it's just normal now. Like, it yeah. wasn't too weird, but... Obviously, weren't too sentimental because you dropped 24 on <laughs> I mean, it actually wasn't... I didn't think I played that well. I missed so many free throws. I think I was, like, 7 of 12 from the free throw line. Right. So, pretty horrendous on my behalf. But, um, 
nah, the girls played really well and we got the win. Um, I know that before the game, the girls were saying how they have a little a thing down there. When they go down to Bunbury, they've lost a few times. I, I remember we beat them a few times when I was playing for Slammers and it was a big game they wanted to win. So I'm just glad. Yeah, they got the win. It's good. When you signed for Rockingham, I remember my boss, who was based in Bunbury at, at that time, mm-hmm. was um, quite irate. He was like, "You know, you, your club stolen our best young <laughs> player." I mean, that must happen a lot down oh. there once the youngsters yeah. reach an age of oh, it's 100%. time to move on to uni and yeah, all the like ninety to ninety percent of the juniors down there. Once they're ready to move to Perth, they've got other options. You know, study sport other things going on over there a lot of juniors move up to Perth and it's it is hard for I guess Bunbury and Slammers to keep their juniors obviously yeah. so they do do it tough I guess down there but everyone has different opportunities they got to move on I guess so yeah not much they can do you just said you didn't think you played very well because you missed some free throws. But, I mean, how, how do you think your form's been over the four games, not just yourself but also the team? Um, well, personally so far I've been, yeah, pretty happy with... I'm just happy to be on the court. I mean, the last two years have been pretty hectic with injuries, illness... We'll get to that. ...for me so far. <laughs> um, so I'm just happy to be on the court playing basketball, doing what I love. And, yeah, I'm pretty happy with how I've been going so far. But um, as a team, I just the, the girls are amazing. Like all the young girls that we have at the moment, just coming through and stepping up and playing their role. And like a lot of those girls haven't actually had the chance to play proper SBL minutes, yeah. and to be able to come in now and just like show everyone what they got is pretty cool. And yeah, we're just we're doing really well. I think it's it's really enjoyable. Some of the um, some of those girls, um, I don't want to pick out you know one and not the other but yeah. I mean Chloe Napolitano oh. especially has has been quite eye-catching I, I thought she's mm. she's really stepped up she's really stepped up I've always had confidence in Chloe I'm, I've always known she's got the you know the drive and the talent and everything she just obviously hasn't had the chance to step on the court when we've had such a good team in previous years so for her to be able to have the confidence now to step on the court and just play like it's so good and I've loved watching her so far it's been awesome yeah what do you hope to get out of this this season what are you using it as because i'm guessing it's a pretty good it's almost like a freebie yeah because you know it's like a freebie in the sense that nothing's really on the line yeah it's so i mean and from what has become quite apparent is you've taken a a bigger scoring role Mm. on um which you probably wouldn't have got in a normal season so is that what you are was that deliberate i think i'm enjoying being able to adapt to the different teams that i play with like like you said like this year i've had to take on more of a scoring role whereas when i'm in a links in the wmr more of a proper point guard you know pass first kind of um place i I think i'm enjoying playing two different you know playing different roles and seeing how i go with that but yeah i'm just happy to be out there again i'm just so happy to be out there playing um and i feel healthy and 100 percent. so it's just awesome you you do look like you're enjoying yourself yeah so far i I really am (laughs) like you said you did have some some injury worries yeah. Last year, you broke your wrist. Yeah. You yeah. had glandular fever. Mm. And then I saw, as also, and I didn't know about this until recently, you had your appendix taken out yeah. at the end of last year. Yeah, I did. <laughs> didn't have a great run. Yeah. <laughs> and then into 2020. 
it's like you know everyone's going on about how awful 2020 mm-hmm. is your 2019 had some <laughs> and lows. 2018 wasn't great but that's all right We're... what happened in 2018 well so that was when i was with the links and i got glandular fever all oh, right and then it went to my broken arm and then it went to um my appendix and now we're here so, okay. so you, you you came to the flames and you were still getting over your glandular fever if my yeah. memory is correct yeah. right correct. <laughs> i'm not gonna say like i don't even want to say anything like not even touch on wood or anything no, like not. just just think just yeah all right so i mean how i sort of see your role before this season is you kind of a facilitator yeah you bring the ball down you, you set up and yeah. then you playmaker off you go yeah give the ball to someone okay. else you do your thing but this this time around, you, you're taking taking more of that on yourself, like actually yeah. driving to the basket. Yeah. And is it something you chat about with Keegan, or is it just this is just how I'm going to play? I guess obviously knowing the girls that aren't playing this year, some of our big scorers and stuff. I think me and Keegan did speak about that I need to have more of a scoring mentality this year, as we've lost like few good scorers and shooters um but yeah I think I, I just I'm just playing and you know when I can score I can score when I pass I pass I'm just taking it as it comes but I'm enjoying it so I, I don't want to embarrass you but I'm, I'm gonna bring up your stats I mean we're four games in um four four out of ten it's a ten ten yeah ten games ten game yeah. competition four out of ten I mean you're averaging 20 points yeah at the moment which is is, is pretty good four four and a quarter assists four and three quarter rebounds 50 percent from the field shooting i mean that's some um, some good numbers if we, we go back to last year yeah when um you weren't playing such a, a prominent role mm-hmm. now we take into account the fact that you, you missed a lot yeah. of games last year 5.7 points two and a half assists 3.2 rebounds so i mean all of those numbers are up and your field goal percentage 33% last yeah. year comp- compared to 50% this yeah. year. It's just a little bit less than 50%, but let's, let's yeah. round it up to 50. <laughs> I mean, I've said all that. Are you much for looking at your own stats and, and taking that in and trying to improve it? Or are you more of the, like, doesn't really matter as long as the team's getting it done, who cares? Yeah, main priority is obviously the team getting the win. Like, I'm, I'm really... Um, I'm actually quite aggressive. Like, I want to win everything. Um, yeah. The red hair makes me go a bit crazy sometimes. Um, Didn't want to stereotype. <laughs> you said yeah. it, not me. Yeah, but no, I'm definitely for the team. Like, I just want to win. I want to win everything. I'm really competitive. But yeah, obviously, personally, I want to be doing well in this tournament so it leads into the WNBL upcoming season. So, yeah, I guess I don't look too much into it, but... As long as the team's winning and I'm doing okay, then I think we're doing all right. Well, I mean, and like I said, I mean, you went 24 against your old team, followed up with 26 against Lakeside, and then against East Perth, another 19. You got the hot hand there in the third quarter. I think you three out of three with your with your three point yeah. shooting. Um, I'm not really a three point shooter, so I was pretty happy with that when they went down. Is it just you get the looks you're going to take them? Yeah, I mean, uh, me and Keegan have been working pretty hard the last four to six months on my three-point shooting because it has been one of my weaknesses in the past. Um, and I just want to become a more consistent, more th- more of a threat out there so people actually come guard me out there because they do know I like to drive and get in the paint and obviously create and stuff. So we have been working pretty hard on that. So to see a couple go down, it felt pretty good. 
yeah. Yeah, three of three. Yeah. And they were all in the third quarter. <laughs> they were ours. All in the third. Yeah. One thing I noticed, um, I've noticed watching you play over the last couple of years, you predominantly handle the ball in your left hand. Oh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, you don't want to, but you shoot with your right, so... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, when I was younger, my dad... Really, this isn't something you, that you've worked on. It's just... Well, my when I was younger, my dad drilled me about having to be able to dribble with my left hand. He was like, if you can't dribble with your left hand, Taylor, like, you're not going to go anywhere. And I was like, all right. So my dad used to make me do drills with only my left hand. Like, we'd do left hand dribbling drills for hours on hours on hours. And I mean, I don't know. Now I just, I just have a habit, I think, of going left all the time. Like, I can go right, but I just... I don't know if it's, I feel stronger on my left. Like, it just happens. Like, I just naturally go that way, so... Because it wasn't, it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago, the first game of this, that I actually noticed. Because yeah. I, I, I've noticed the, the left-handedness, the dribbling. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago when you were at the free throw line. I went, hang on, she's not actually I'm left-handed. Not. A lot of people actually think I'm left-handed until they see when I shoot them actually right-handed. Yeah, so. I, I hadn't noticed that I, before. It just sucks. <laughs> I can't actually explain it. I might just blame my dad for that one. Making me drool. I wouldn't blame, blame him. Blame him. No, it's he's, pretty, he's helped me out. Yeah. It's good to be able to go left. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I've said this before. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. Yeah. And it always frustrates me when, when they can't keep the professional footballers can't mm. use their left foot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know how you get to that level, and you're on your way to to yeah. like the elite level in your sport. I don't yeah. know how you can get to that elite level yeah. and be so reliant on on your your dominant. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I like I said, wouldn't blame Dad. I'd sort of be <laughs> grateful. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> it's our ball, ain't it? It's our ball. Hey, it's our ball. It's our ball. Dane just laid the ball up down there. It's our ball. Now, last year. Ups and downs for you. Mm. At what point did you think we're going to win this? Oh, I mean, when we started playing finals, who did we play in that first finals? Mandra. Mandra. And we played really good, and I was like, look, like, we could go all the way here. Like, we've got everything we need to, you know, take it out. Like, so I think, yeah, once we won that series, I was like, all right, like, we're looking good here. We, we can we can go places. And then when we got to that first Perry Lakes game and we Blown dominated the them, I was just like, we're on here. Like, yeah. we can seriously do damage and win this. And, yeah, I was crazy how that all happened. But Yeah, I mean, you, you say in the Mandra series you're really good. I mean, I would argue there was a stretch in the second game where you guys oh, weren't good. And, and they came back. Bit, yeah. And then you guys came, came back. back. But, um, yeah, I think once we knocked Mandra off, I was like, all right, this is serious now. We can. Yeah. It, it showed massive, massive character that game. Oh, 100%. And I talked about it with Paris and Chelsea mm. about that game and, and standing and watching and thinking, <laughs> oh, this is not looking good. And then just we, out of nowhere, you yeah. guys willed yourself over the top. And Yeah, I think that's... I don't know, Rockingham just got something about they always just giving 100% and just never giving up until the siren goes. So like Even like our game on the weekend against Lakeside, like we weren't up until the last corner and we just, like you know, steered at home. So I think, yeah, there's something about it. I don't know. The girls are awesome. Did um, I, asked, I asked them, Chelsea and Paris, this. They said they didn't notice the crowd that night. What about you? Did you in the in the Mandra game? In the, oh, to be honest, it's a bit of a blur uh, for me right now. It's, yeah. it was a while ago, but um, I know there was there was a big crowd there, and I know 
Rockingham crew were getting around us, but um, it kind of is a bit of a blur for me, that's for sure. A oh. while ago. Don't have the best memory. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and you're more interested in what's actually happening on the court. Than yeah, I don't really... I kind of try to block that out when I'm playing, but... Is it easy to block it out? Uh, I mean, I think when it, the game gets tight and close, you really do yeah. <laughs> hear it. But when your team's up and about, I think it's... You don't really... Okay. But, Yeah. Here's something I'll ask you, because chatting casually with Caleb White last year and yeah. talking about crowds, and yeah. he said the worst thing uh, an opposition crowd can do when he's at the free throw line <laughs> is make noise. Yeah. He goes, because he loves that. <laughs> he says when it goes quiet, he goes, that's when he has to start thinking. Yeah, How do you... I 100% yep. can relate to that. Like, when it's quiet, I think I think more about my like, right, like, hold the ball, you know, like, focus on all the little things I need to do to make the basket. I think, yeah, when there is noise, you kind of just, you know, go go on with what you're doing. But, yeah, I, I 100% agree with Caleb there. That's funny. You'd think... When like, it, no, when it's dead silent, I get a bit nervous. I'm yeah. just like, all right, guys. But so. you think, oh, you know, you think, you think it'd be the other way around. Like, everyone's making some noise to try and put Distract you off. You. And it's actually no, having the opposite effect. I agree with him there. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> What, I mean, you just said you don't have the best memory. What are your memories of the grand final itself? Oh, that was... I just... Yeah, to be honest, the actual game is a bit of a blur, but after that, like, the last quarter... Yeah, I just remember the first quarter, we were just, like, I don't know, craziness. Like, we were up by, what, 20, I think it was? Like, in, like, the game was blown out. Yeah. Like, when it, we start... I just remember no everyone was, yeah, everyone was drilled, locked in, like everyone knew their role, what they were doing, and we just, yeah, smashed them. <laughs> That's all I remember. And then I just remember when the siren went, I was on the bench and I ran onto the court and I tripped over someone and first planted flat onto the ground. That that's like my main memory I got from the grand final, it and it was pretty funny. Falling but, over. Yeah, yeah, like the siren went. I'm just sprinting and then, yeah, smack. That was pretty funny. No injuries. No, no, no injuries. Yeah, it was the game itself. It was it was really not a contest. It yeah, it didn't feel like a grand final because it was over before it was over. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like we were up by twenty plus at half time. So I was just like, oh, it was just a formality at that point. Just, just keep your heads and yeah, just you know keep going with it. There are some players who will play their whole career and never play in a grand final. Mm-hmm. There are others who have been playing for 20 years and have never won a grand mm-hmm. final. You get one at yeah. a very young age. Do you think or do you hope that's the first of many? Or do you feel you're fortunate? Or like, or do you, have you not actually thought about it? Like, oh, I haven't really thought just about is it, what much, it is. to be honest. But I'm really grateful Like winning that was awesome like especially at 17 well that's I was actually turning 18 the next day but yeah 17 years old winning your first SBL championship is pretty crazy I hope it's the first of many more to come because that feeling is just you work hard for it the whole year and then just to get to the end and know you've achieved what you've been working for that whole you know all the pre-season everything you've been through injuries adversity everything yeah so it's a pretty cool feeling so yeah I really hope it's one of many more to come and to come into Rockingham and to do it in my first year like with the club is yeah something special I won't forget yeah and not just you know 17 and, and young and your first grand final and that mm. I mean you played a key part yeah in the games you played yeah the yeah I, I felt like I contributed the whole year and to 
to get to the grand final and know you've done your role and done your job and together to win it as a group is yeah it was it was cool change tack a little bit here Mm -hmm. now i told you before we started recording that my daughter (laughs) was disappointed she couldn't be here to to see you and i asked her i said well if you were here what would you ask what would you ask her she said why do you play basketball so why basketball uh so like i said before i mean when i was younger i played a lot of sports tried everything netball soccer cross country athletics whatever it is and i did have to come to a decision and i chose basketball i don't know what it was i just i just had fire in my belly when i played basketball just to go out and you know smash it like just give it everything and i just fell in love with the game and everything about it the the way you make friends like basketball just yeah you learn so much about yourself you you meet new people it's yeah I think so I just fell in love with the game in general. It had something that obviously the other sports yeah, were lacking. Yeah, I, I think netball was a bit soft for me. You couldn't really touch. And soccer, I didn't really enjoy that that much. And then basketball, I don't know. I just, just loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I hear so often even now people saying, oh, basketball, it's not a contact sport. It is a, it, it is a freaking contact sport. more contact than netball, 100%. Or any other soccer, you can't bring... Hey. Hey, you hey. can't sniff them and get a fake no. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now some of that is is creeping in to, to basketball some of that um, I know they call it flopping but you know diving trying to yeah. trying to persuade the referees to, to give you a call in your favour mm-hmm. that is that is creeping in so yeah it's can't be too sanctimonious yeah I, I yeah. yeah it's not great but <laughs> I don't know when you're taking a charge, I think sometimes you got to, you know, throw your head back and flop to get the call, but... Sell it. You know, sell yeah. the deal, but... Uh, yeah. The, the umpire in our game against Lakeside actually said, because I, I took a charge in our game against Lakeside, and then the call before that, I tried to take charge, and the lady said, the umpire said I flopped, and she said, you're acting out a bit, and I was like, oh, well, I actually didn't think I flopped that much, but... <laughs> you know, don't want to get a reputation there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm trying to remember what game it was. I was watching one the other day, and the player sold it perfectly. Mm. There was barely any contact, and he sold it perfectly, and he got the call. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Doesn't matter. They Doesn't sold matter. it anyway. They sold it. <laughs> so you, you you do have to sell it a bit. <laughs> now, do you prefer to throw the head back or the arms? Has it got to be a combo? I think, or? to be honest. It's a bit of like the noise, like, oh, like when you're taking the charge. Like, I think that sells it a bit to the umpires. Make them think that you've had yeah, the Yeah, like they've actually been hit hard when really they haven't touched them. <laughs> so the physical aspect of it is it's clear that's what, I would say, attracted you to it, but I guess sold you on yeah. this is the sport for me. Yeah. At what, at what age, at what stage did you realise, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this? Uh, I think... So I started playing in um, grade one, just domestic at Eaton Rec Centre um, with the female. I think I was playing up in age group with, I don't know, I just got into a team. And my dad and mum were really into basketball, especially my dad. And um, I think he kind of knew that I had a little bit of tension maybe. And I think at that age, you just kind of have to have the competitiveness and, you know, aggression and you kind of stand out from everyone. I think that's what made me stand out was from a young age, I was this little runner girl running around just, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it was, yeah, when I was grade one, two, when I started playing, Dad 
kind of saw I had a had a bit of go in me. I didn't really know at that age, to be honest. Maybe when I got to wobble level under 14s, under 16s, and I started doing pretty well against like good competition. Yeah. Um, whereas like domestic, it's not great. But yeah, when I got to wobble and started playing against like good players, and I was keeping up with them and doing okay, I think that's when I realised I could actually like you know take this journey pretty far it's pretty cool to think like where I am now so I never really thought I'd, I'd get to where I am which is pretty cool so so when did the the left-handed dribbles <laughs> start did that start at, at, at seven eight to be honest I don't think it was no. that bad when I was young guys I think it's just grown on me the last I don't know but I've always gone left and right but for some reason now I'm really dominant on my left yeah I do okay. go right sometimes sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> You can now find the Hall of Flame podcast on iTunes. It's easy to find. Just search Hall of Flame, click, add it as a subscription, and then every time a new podcast arrives, it will automatically download to your iTunes. How easy is that? You can, of course, still find us at rockinghamflames.com.au forward slash Hall of Flame and on Podbean via the links posted on the Facebook site. So when you broke through at the Slammers, how old were you when you got your first SBL game there? So I think I started training with them when I was under 16, I think it might have been. And um, I wasn't suiting up or anything. I was just, you know, training. And then I think I I got my first game. I got a contract under, I don't know how old I was. Because I played three years there. So I think I'm, I must have been under 17s or under 16, something like that. And yeah, obviously wasn't playing big minutes. Just like sat on the bench, waved my towel and stuff like that. Yeah. But just to be involved in a semi-professional environment at that age, I think really helped me like today, to be honest. Just understanding what it takes to be at that level and the next level kind of thing. So. Can you remember who you got your first minutes against um i think it could have possibly been east perth or something like that i think we might have been up by by a bit um but i do know the one thing i remember is um in my first year when i got a contract reversing rockingham and um it was at eaton and it was the second quarter and we were down by 20. You guys had Sammy Wickham. She probably had 30 at halftime or something like that. And there's one or two minutes to go in the second quarter and my coach comes down the bench to me and she goes, all right, Taylor, go on. I'm like, oh, like, you know, I wasn't expecting it. And then she goes, oh, I just want you to guard um, Sammy. And I was like, oh, yep. Yeah, no yep. worries. Easy job. Yep, no worries. <laughs> you know, like, just me. Consider it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 15-year-old, yep, no worries. I can do that. Uh I think I went on and played two minutes. I think Sammy had 12 points on me in the two minutes I was on, so I thought I did I did all right. So, yeah. Massive learning curve. <laughs> oh, great. Like, my legs were going, like, 100 miles an hour. But, yeah, so grateful for the opportunity, that's for sure, 100%. And that's someone you're going to get to call teammate very mm. soon. Yeah, that's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited. The decision to leave Bunbury and come to Rockingham was it a hard decision to make or was it easy because of 
family circumstances that you were leaving or well to be honest so the main reason I moved up to Perth was when I got the opportunity with the Lynx I was in grade 11 Andy Stewart the coach at the time rang me and said we've got a development player spot I want you to have it um if you don't take it I'll give it to someone else kind of thing you have two weeks to move to Perth so I had to move to Perth in two weeks go find a new school whatnot so that was the main reason why I moved to Perth for the Lynx season but then Obviously, SBL season happened after that. I was living in Perth. I think it was just, I wanted to stay in Perth, keep training, you know. I was going to the gym with the Lynx trainer. Like, everything, yeah, was in Perth that I was doing. So, I think it was a hard decision to leave Slammers because, obviously, I'd been there for so long. Like, it was like, oh, my God, like, pretty hard. But in the end, I think it's definitely the right decision to stay up there and keep doing what I'm doing up here. So Why, why Rockingham? I'm guessing other clubs would have been trying to, to get you. So uh, what tipped it? I had a yeah, I had a couple of clubs um, in contact with me. I just felt I, it's, it's a bit weird. I just felt like Rockingham was kind of country, you know, more country than a, a city team. I felt more at home at Rockingham for some reason. Oh, okay. More than being at you know like a city club like Perry Lakes or something. I felt like Rockingham's a bit. <laughs> maybe like i think yeah I, I just got drawn there and i actually had a few mates um like I'm, i was really close with jesney cooper when when she was here and um dean english i lived with her in yep. bunbury for a bit there so yeah i thought good decision okay the bogan aspect <laughs> drew you that's interesting because i think the bogan aspect drives people Away? out yeah, yeah. It had the opposite effect on you. I don't. I don't take offence to that because I'm. I'm not from here originally. I don't know if anyone listening um, may take offence to that. But no, I love it here. I love it here. I'm sure. I'm sure it would be taken in good nature. I think a lot of people here actually embrace it. To yeah, be honest, I, I love it. I love rocking it. Good club. Yeah. Good clubs. Yeah, it's, it's it's a reasonably good place to live. It is. So, I mean, was it that more than what the club had to offer as a, a program? Well, obviously the club had been pretty successful, the women's program, especially in previous years. And um, Ryan had been coaching them all up until I actually got to Rockingham. And I was pretty keen to get involved in that really... They're such a competitive group of girls. Like, especially when I played for Bunbury, you could just see that they were really competitive, but a tight-knit group of girls who just want to work hard, play hard and win. And that's all what I'm about. So I think, yeah, that was definitely something that drew me to Rockingham as well was the culture of wanting to win and just play hard. Yeah, that's probably definitely one of the main reasons. You said they were tight-knit. Was it hard to break into the group if they were so tightly knit or was it a case of no now you're one of us get in here yeah 100% like as soon as I got there everyone was so welcoming um like I just still remember the day like Chelsea Petrick came up to me and was just like the most down-to-earth nice human being ever um making sure like I was going all right at training like you know everything like that and yeah all the young girls and yeah just so welcoming I felt like I was at home within a couple weeks so it was good all right, we've skirted around it a little bit. Let's dive into the Lynx stuff. So you, you did start there with, as a development player. Yeah. You said, Andy Stewart said, we've got the position. Yeah. It's yours, take it, or oh, someone else will get it. <laughs> yeah. It was just as, as simple as that. I think any opportunity I get, I just want to jump on it, you know. Um, and I think if I 
did not jump on that one I'd be so disappointed in myself today like it definitely was a really hard thing to do being in year 11 you know having to move schools move up to Perth in two weeks like it was just all crazy but I'm so grateful for the opportunity today I yeah can't thank them enough yeah Uh, I mean it's probably a question for your mum and dad but you know I don't see them they're not they're not here but I mean it would have been difficult a difficult decision for them to make especially within such a short time period it, it was I I think it it had to be my decision but they had to support yeah. me in my decision as well and I'm so grateful for them supporting me this whole journey yeah it was tough for them I think me being only 17 um and moving to Perth you know it was a big it's a big move. Like I know it's yeah. only an hour and a half drive or something, yeah. but it's a big move regardless. Yeah, of the, the, I think the reason I I did struggle for a bit there moving schools like grade eleven. A, a lot of kids, you know, they have their friend groups. You know, they're pretty tight knit now, so that was hard. And I wasn't going to school a lot because of links training was during the day, which made it hard to break into friend groups. You know, and make friends yeah. and stuff. It was hard, but once I yeah found my feet I was I was good but no it was a hard um move but 100% so happy I did it today your first season did you see much uh court time or was mm. it just a case of being around learning to soak um in? yeah the first year I didn't see the court at all I was um just the trainings were so valuable to me the stuff I learned in those training sessions and the girls I got to compete against every day like the likes of Katie Ebsery, Lauren Mansfield, like I I learned bucket loads off them just at trainings and even when I wasn't in court watching them on the court was just like being so close and seeing what they're thinking, what they're saying in timeouts and stuff like that is so beneficial and was so beneficial to my know, development. So I'm really grateful for that. Boy. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't see time on the court but um the trainings are definitely really valuable. Last season you did see a little bit of time and you traveled interstate as well mm-hmm. first time doing that sort of thing but yeah. how is that experience as well on top of yeah that was so cool it it kind of hit me like wow like this is like professional but like you know you're traveling interstate and stuff but yeah that experience was awesome traveling away with the girls um we were actually away like one of the road trips I went on we went um to Bendigo and we had a game there and then we went to uh, I think we were south side so in Melbourne as well and it was like a week-long trip so we were away for yeah a long time I guess yeah <laughs> you want to call that so yeah it, it was really cool seeing how the girls go about it like it's very different to obviously just having home games so that was a really cool experience can you remember your debut yes it was actually so last year we versed um Sydney Uni Flames in the first game and I got on I can't remember if it was the second or last quarter. I think it might have been the last quarter. And we are up by a bit, so I actually got, like, five or six minutes. And, like, it kind of reminded me of when I had my first SBL minutes when your head's kind of spinning, like, you know, like, everything feels so fast. But, yeah, such, yeah, uh, something I won't forget, really, stepping on the court for the first time, having my mum, my dad and my sister sitting in the grandstand like that. Yeah, something pretty cool. What about the rest of the season? Were you pleased with how it went for you personally? Or I, would you have liked to have... I mean, I'm sure deep down you would have loved to have played uh, every minute. But yeah. being realistic, yeah, 
were you happy with the, the amount of time that you got and uh, pleased with how that's going to help you going forward? Yeah, I, I'm really happy with how last year went, apart from injury. Um, <laughs> again, I think I felt like I was learning and getting better every day, which I'm 100%, you know, for. Obviously, everyone wants to play more minutes and stuff, but you got to know where you're at. And I'm a rookie. I'm only 18 years old. So to get a couple minutes here and there is, yeah, really cool. And I lapped it all up. Like, it was awesome. I'm hoping, yeah, this year maybe I can play a bigger role and just really take every opportunity I get. So. Are you going to be in a certain teammate's ear so that she goes home and, <laughs> and tells husband, hey? hey. Chelsea, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not going to stoop. <laughs> I mean, looking at the season coming ahead, I wanted to, to touch on like like what you get out of playing with like people who play for the Opals, like mm. Lauren Mansfield and Katie Esbury. And also you had a WNBA champion in Ariel Atkins there. Mm. This year you're going to be playing with another WNBA champion in Sammy Whitcomb. Mm-hmm. Plus you're going to have some really good players yeah. who you've played bef- with before yeah. in Darcy and, and, and Alex Chibatoni. Yeah. What, what do you try to get out of playing alongside people like that yeah I just try to learn anything and everything they say to me I try to absorb it take it on board do whatever they're saying but also I think at trainings my job is to you know push them to be better you know what I mean get in their grill I guess as people say it so yeah I'm just gonna lap up every everything they say everything they you know teach me and whatnot and just yeah really take the opportunity should have thrown Alice and Schwagmeyer in there as well. Yeah. I feel, feel a bit bad leaving her out. Love but anyway, <laughs> being, being so young, I guess you just want to be a sponge and, mm, for sure. and, and and take in as much as you can in their experience. I mean, how how's it going to be for you playing with so many girls this this coming season, if we have a season? Fingers crossed. Um, <clears throat> who you, you're so familiar with already and have won a championship yeah. with at SBL level. I think it's going to be really cool playing with them again because I do miss, like, you know, playing with those girls, like, such nice people on and off the court, Darcy and Chiba. Um, So I think it'll be really cool to get back on court with them again. And obviously we've played together before, so hopefully that might, you know, help us maybe on the court. And obviously Sammy's played with Darcy and stuff, so hopefully, um, yeah, we'll have that chemistry there already and be good on the court, fingers crossed. Should we be changing, should we? Should basketball WA be changing the name to the Rockingham Leagues? I mean, I've had that a few times. We've got Ryan's the coach, I mean, yourself, Maddie, Sammy, Darcy, Alex. There's so many. There's so many um, yeah. links to the. Hey, so many links to the to the Flames there. There is um, Ryan himself. I mean, you you haven't played. You've had him as an assistant coach, obviously, Correct. but you haven't played under him. Are you yeah. looking forward to that as well? I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, as an assistant coach, you don't have much say as a head coach. Um, but last year in Lynx, I was doing a lot of extra sessions with Ryan outside of training, um, individual skill sessions and whatnot. And the knowledge he has of the game is just like crazy he is yeah like next level yeah and i've really benefited from doing those extra sessions with him i really enjoyed it so i'm really keen to um play under him properly this year it should be really good have you seen the news this morning of who yes. signed oh 
Yeah, I have. I have. And, and that, for those who don't know, Liz Cambridge who signed for, for the Southside Flyers. Mm. How, how's I mean, yeah. that'd be pretty cool it, to share oh, a court to with To be able her. to say that I've stepped on court with Liz Cam- like against Liz Cambridge, like that's yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I think I go up to her probably a belly button, but um, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. You should, yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should see the face she just made. I mean, if she's coming down, oh, I don't even know. This. Yeah, she's a great player. <laughs> I mean, take it, take everything away from strip it back to not even being a player. Just mm. to have someone like that coming back mm, to play—that's to play back back here—is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, no, nah, to even to have like girls like Sammy as well. Yeah, coming back to the WNBL, it's really good for the league. I think. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. It's gonna be good. Who are some of the other players around the league that you sort of look at and are a bit? Or struck by. Um, so one of my like favourite players is Lelani Mitchell from yep. Southside. I just love the way like I want my game to be exactly like hers. Um, the way she handles the ball, like just really cool, calm, collected, can shoot the three, which is one thing I really want to be better at. And the way she sees the floor, like and finds people, is just yeah something I really want my game to be like. So she's definitely one person I really look up to. Yeah. Southside Flyers, why did they change the name? Dandenong Rangers. Yeah. It's, yeah, you, you thought of the WNBL and you thought of, you know, mm. clubs like that. It was a little bit out of the norm. Yeah. Not just in the major cities. Yeah. I mean, even Berlin. We're yeah. now Melbourne. Like, <laughs> I don't know why they needed to change the name like that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what, what are your aims? Again, we get a WNBL season. What are you aiming for this season? Actually, before we get into that, when the Lynx announced your signing, mm-hmm. they said that you gave up the chance to go to the US for college. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't name any names, but they said some big schools were after you. Will, will you name some names? So I'm talking to a couple of schools still because I'm hoping of going next year, um, late November, December. But um, Washington State... University of Washington, Oregon State, uh, Rutgers. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Very Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Is that deliberate? Or? I know. <laughs> yeah, just schools just... that have contacted me. Pepperdine. Okay. Um, but yeah, just a couple. Why did you decide now's not the time? Obviously, um, with everything going on at the moment, yep. coronavirus, yep. Um, I just thought it... It's a good idea for me to just stay here. Like I have a, I had two options, which was to go to college or to stay here and play another season. But the links, like both, not bad options at all. Yep. So I'm kind of grateful that I had the links option because it kind of meant I could hold off on the college, you know, and still be doing something here and hopefully be eligible to go next year at the end of the year. So yeah, obviously I just felt that. And my parents felt that it was a good idea to stay yeah. here with the craziness that's going on over there and everywhere at the moment. And I think it'll just give me more time to prepare to go over there as well. It gives me more time. So Yeah. You said eligibility. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought this as well because once you've signed a professional contract, you're, yeah, so you can't go to college. I've so. been on an amateur contract. Okay. I didn't want to bring up yeah. money or anything. No. I've always wanted to um, go to college. Like When I was younger, it was always like... You know, you finish high school and you go to college because that's, like, my pathway. 
Um, and then when links came up, it's kind of like a curveball. Like, oh, okay, like maybe this is my pathway now. But I always thought I was going to go to college, so I didn't want to, you know, end that opportunity. I always, like, I didn't know if I was going to go back to it. So I wanted to keep that open, and I'm really grateful that I did because now all of a sudden I'm like, I think I want to go over there and give it a crack. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So with that, what are you hoping to get out of this WNBL season again? If, um, we have, if we have one. I keep saying if we have one. I mean, yeah. When we have one. When we have one. Yeah. What are you hoping to get out of it? Obviously, just, yeah, develop my game again to another level. Yeah, I'm really excited to be coach under Ryan. I think he's got a wealth of knowledge and stuff that I can really learn off. And, yeah, hopefully to play a bigger role than I have in previous years, you know, really make an impact and just take every opportunity that I get to step on court and just play hard and give it everything I can, really. And hopefully get some wins. Should be good. I think we've got the team to go pretty far, so... It's a a pretty good-looking team on on paper. Oh, looks great. (laughs) You know, given that it has to be all local players mm. this season yeah because you guys missed out on the playoffs last mm. year for the first time in, in a number of years we did this is going to sound like a job interview <laughs> and, and I hate when this sort of question comes up in a job interview but where would you like your career to be at 10 years from now what what do you hope to have ticked off I guess what I'm saying is where do you want to go what are your yeah. ambitions so long term obviously I'd love to be able to play basketball and that be my main job you know like I know a few girls now are finally being able to not have another job and just play basketball so that would be like pretty cool for me like it's like my mum asked me when I was five years old what I wanted to do and I said I want to play basketball that's all I want to do you know actually not five years old that's a bit of a lie but yeah I think I want to have achieved a few things like one being play for Australia like that's Obviously, every young basketball, that's a goal that they want to achieve, and I'm really keen to hopefully be able to do that. And obviously, I just want to be able to take every opportunity. So, like, college, I want to, you know, give that a crack and hopefully become a good WNBL player, playing minutes, you know. That okay. would, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be ideal. I know she didn't mention WNBA. <laughs> Is that you're not saying or you don't want to... I don't want to, you know, put it, put it out there now. Like, if the opportunity arose, I would 100% jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. Is part of you hoping going to college puts you a little bit in the... I, or you, do you rather not put those expectations on Yeah, yourself? I try not to put expectations on me. Like, it's kind of a pretty big call, like, to be saying, you know, I want to play WNBA and stuff. Like, obviously, yeah, I do. But, yeah, really, I just want to go to college to experience it, the American basketball, you know. And I think if I don't give it a go I will be disappointed when I get older maybe so I think it's just something I want to yeah give it a go now anyone who's listened to past episodes will know that your name quite regularly came up as uh (laughs) who's the biggest pest at the club here's your chance to to give your side of the story so we have talked about I did ask you this when the club re-announced your signing for this year about what it is that you thought maybe made people say <laughs> you as, as the biggest pest and I think you put it down to youthful exuberance you're a bit, bit more um, a bit more enthusiastic than some of the older players yeah I guess it's that and sometimes I like to you know annoy people and have a bit of a joke and a bit of a laugh. Yeah, the girls find me a bit annoying sometimes, but 
that's all right. <laughs> Everyone can be annoying sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who? Let's. I'll put the question to you. Who would you say is the biggest pest? To be honest, there's no one that's probably like a pet. Like, if I'm honest, it's because it is me. I know it's me. I know I'm the biggest pest. But like, I half expected you to give you like just to be like, yeah, me. Yeah, it is me. Okay, let's just put it straight. It is me. Okay, but yeah, no one's a pest to me. But like, someone who annoys me, like, just wants to know Ashlyn Lee. Like, she just always wants to hug me and just like be annoying. I'm just like Ash, like, go away. But I wouldn't say she's a pest. She just wants to annoy me sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, I will nominate myself for this one. Self burn. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There you go. If if anyone thought that that everyone was ganging up on you and and no. being a little bit too harsh, yeah. you've um, <laughs> you've put it you've put it out there. It, you, you, I mean, what, what sort of things? Would would you be doing that? That would have in their minds. Oh, she's been a bit of a pest. Would you be like, I don't know, they'd be dribbling and you'll throw another ball in or something? Or ah, uh, I'm pretty mouthy, like making jokes and you know, just like yeah, pulling the piss out of people. I guess every team needs. Yeah, they need one of them, and I've nominated myself um, for this team. (laughs) But, yeah, I just, yeah, like to have a bit of fun sometimes, just run around, you know, just... Fair enough. (laughs) That's one of the questions that I would have normally done for hot takes. I'll throw Mm -hmm. a couple more here because I've kind of of put this segment to bed a little bit, but Mm -hmm. who's the the hardest trainer that you've played with? It has to be Sammy Wickham. I haven't played in a proper team with her, but... I've done like a couple of sessions with her outside of Rockingham and stuff like that, and she is just on another level. <laughs> this was before she went back to the US. Yeah, like just, just not recently. long ago. Yeah, yeah we we're doing um, some training vegan stuff, and then some group scrimmages and stuff. And she is on another level. <laughs> Put it simple. Yeah, you may have already answered this earlier, but who's your idol? Your basketball idol? Oh, I, I have a few like people that I look up to. Yeah, so like like I said, Lilani um, Mitchell. A, um, a male, um, Paddy Mills. Yep. Australian, you know. And then a girl who's not playing this year, who I look up to in the WNBL, would have to be Nicole Seacamp. Um, she's not playing this year, but, yeah, I love the way she goes about it when she plays. I'm not going to ask Nike or Adidas because <laughs> me being someone who's into the shoes, I, I always, I'm always looking at players' shoes. <laughs> You've always got Nikes on. Yeah, 100%. I was disappointed <laughs> against East Perth that you... You, you weren't wearing the Giannis Zoom Freaks, the, the multicoloured ones, which I think are, are wonderful. They're hideous, they're wonderfully hideous. Uh, it looked like a new pair of Kyrie Sixes. Oh, if I'm honest, they're not new. No. They just haven't come uh, out of the cupboard, right. which they got the opportunity to on the weekend. I guess they're kind of new. They haven't taken the court yet, but they have on the weekend. Now, they're really nice, those ones. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the Kyries are so good. Do you look specifically for a shoe suited to a guard, or are you just that looks cool? So I'll, yeah, I'll try I'm pretty them. bad like that. I'm just like I like that shoe, like you know that yeah. looks cool. I want that shoe kind of thing. Which the Giannis that, freaks were. Yeah, I yeah everyone kind of gets into me about them. Really? Yeah, they're a bit. How you going? A bit. They, yeah, I mean they're garish, but I mean I remember when I still was on 
social media yeah and you posted a thing of those a yeah. picture of those and i messaged you i was like you have to wear those <laughs> yeah no nah, they're pretty cool that, yeah very comfy as well last one to end on if you could dunk on anyone living or dead from any period of time just as a in your face suck it who who, who would it be and I'll, I'll throw this extra bit of information in i've only asked this question once before to ryan and keegan they both gave exactly the same answers, really? each other, oh. and Darcy Garvin. So who would you, who, who would you nominate? Who would you like to? Um, oh my god! Actually, I probably would want to do that to Keegan. I just feel like that'd be funny, just to dunk on him and be like, "Ha ha!" Like you know, just shove it in his face a little bit, just because. That's for making me do laps. <laughs> yeah, to make me train now. <laughs> and then probably this is going to be a bit harsh, but. Any West Coast Eagles player, to be honest, just to be able to dunk on them and be like, cop that, to be honest. Just any? Any. I don't care. You name it. Player? Just Does it have to be a player or yeah, fans? Yeah, a player. Or... Just a player. Any West Coast Eagles player. Actually, any West Coast Eagles supporter, player, anything, you name it. As you say, like... I'm, I'm yeah, mad dockets, not, yeah. You could be, I reckon you've got to go for like... You wouldn't go for the best player. You'd go for the worst <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, like you didn't even Andrew Embley. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a matter of opinion. I was thinking of someone like I mean, the first name that comes to mind for me is Clinton Hill, who oh. was a guy that was recruited by them like twenty years ago, and I only yeah. say because went to the same school as him, and but he never played for him. He never played a game. Yeah. And it's like yeah, dunk on him. It's like not only did you play for the Eagles, but you didn't even play for the Eagles. <laughs> Cop that one. Yeah, probably um, probably those two. There you go. Okay, I'm not going to send out any apologies to Eagles fans because <laughs> I don't dislike them, but I'm I'm not an Eagles fan, so they can. Um, yeah, either. And they've had enough success recently, so they they can they can deal with it. Correct. Look, I don't want to hold you up for the rest of the afternoon, so I'm sure we could sit here for a bit longer. And yeah. you you did mention before you you got all um, wanting to dunk on West Coast fans, but you did mention your Dockers fandom, um, which we could probably go into, but. We won't do that. So, Taya, thanks thanks for your time. Best of luck for the rest of the season with the Flames and the Lynx. And, yeah, it was great to talk to you. Thanks so much. Let's go, guys. Let's go, guys. Oh, so far, so good. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hall of Flame. As I said at the top of the episode, Taya's a young woman with the world at her feet. We wish her nothing but the best. We may not see her around Rockingham for too much longer, which is is a shame for fans of basketball. But as fans of basketball, it's also going to be interesting to see in five, ten years where where she is and be able to look back and say, you know, we we were there. We we watched her develop early on uh, and fingers crossed for her and we wish her nothing but the best. Going forward, what does it mean? I, I'm not sure if we'll have another podcast before the end of the West Coast Classic. So, yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds. What I'd like to do is uh, engage some of you who listen and, and get this off Facebook. One of the questions I had planned to ask in Hot Takes this year, which I've shelved mostly, but there was a little bit in the tail chat, was ask... If you could dunk, and that's a big if, especially for those of us who are vertically challenged, if you could dunk on any person, living or dead, from any period in time, who would it be? If you could put the throwdown on anyone, a la Scottie Pippen on Patrick Ewing, or my personal favourite, Sean Kemp on Alton Lister, 
where they just go over the top and absolutely ruin ruin the person. Who would it be for you? Hit us up on the Facebook page. Tell us who it is. And if we get round to another episode before the season's out, I will go through some of the some of the best answers. How does that sound? My thanks again to Wizard Lane Bookkeeping and GenMed Bookkeeping Specialists for their support. This has been another episode of the Hall of Flame. My name's Stuart Horton, and I thank you once again for listening. Catch you next time.